Welcome to my podcast, Traumatic Transformations, where we help you find hope, peace, and purpose after a big life change or a traumatic event. I'm your host, Gunjani Patel, and I'm a licensed mental health therapist, trauma specialist, and a neuroscience nerd. Join me as I dive deep into resiliency, post-traumatic growth, and normalize mental health to reduce the stigma associated with it. In each episode, I plan to deliver science-backed, actionable tips and strategies so you can take back the control over your life and be inspired to be the best version of yourself with each day forward. So tune in every Tuesday for a featured guest and every Thursday for a solo episode with me, where we unpack mind, body, brain, and spirit connections related to each episode with the featured guest. Just a quick disclaimer before we begin today. The purpose of this podcast is to inform you, educate you, and raise your awareness. It is not intended to replace any medical advice or professional help seeking that you may need. So please use this information wisely and any opinion that I cast is not to replace any medical advice. And quickly before we start today, I just wanted to ask you a favor. If you like what you hear today, don't forget to subscribe so you never have to miss an episode. Thank you so much. And if you rate and review, it would really help us with the algorithm so people can easily search the show if they would like. So I would really love to hear your feedback and what you have to say uh, so I can bring you the content that's most fit for you. Thank you so much. Hello and welcome to another brand new episode of Traumatic Transformations. I am so excited that we have, in two months of being on this journey with me, I really thank you if this is your first time tuning in. I appreciate you tuning in. Please don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you never have to miss an episode. And if you have been a regular listener since the beginning of my journey, I really, really, really appreciate your support because in two months, I've had thousand downloads. When I began this show, I never imagined um, that I would impact and so many people and touch so many people's lives. The love and the continual support that I receive from you guys, the feedback that I get from you is just unbelievable. So thank you. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for being here on this journey with me and supporting me through this. And I really appreciate all the feedback so I can provide you the material so that you can become the best version of yourself through this journey with me. So thank you so much for your trust. And as you guys know that through this podcast, I wanted to bring you different people from different walks of life who have experienced post-traumatic growth through their own journeys of being and overcoming and adver- overcoming adversities. And today we have with us someone called Lynn Louise. She's a leader in subconscious pre-programming and is on a passionate mission to help women transform their lives from the inside for rapid recovery so they can step into their higher purpose and be the cosmic warrior they have come to earth to be. For over two decades, Lynn Louise has led women from observer to creator to design the life they've always desired. She brings together subconscious reprogramming, nutrition, fitness, and ancient healing to take you places you never thought possible. 
Lynn Louise has a master certification in five path hypnosis. She's a certified membership of the National Guild of Hypnotists. She holds numerous certifications and degrees from women's health to aromatherapy and reflexologist. She merges her expertise in ancient healing arts with today's science to help women step into their dharma. Lynn Louise founded her business in 2009 as a private practice, but now is opening doors to her monthly cosmic coaching membership to bring women together to heal and to create a bigger impact in his, in this world. So I am so excited to have her on our show and thank you so much for tuning in every week and listening to our show. Let's dive right in. So this is a perfect connection and I'm really excited to have you on the show and can't wait to talk more about everything that you do in your story. So thank you so much, Lynn, for being here. And this I'm is going to be a blast. Yes, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about you and your journey about what led you to who you are today. Okay. So as many of us know that are living from our higher purpose, we know that we step into it through our experiences. And this really is where I come from. So I help others rapidly recover from sexual assault or trauma. Mm-hmm. so that they can step into their dharma one reason is because all of my life i thought i felt i'm meant for more i'm meant for more but i could never figure out what that purpose was and it got to the point where i hated that word because i couldn't find it i felt like i know i'm meant for more but i'm never going to be able to find it mm. and the reason why all this materialized is because early in my life when i was 15 years old, I was sexually assaulted by an upperclassman that was 19. I knew him. I trusted him. I got in a car with him. Enough said. And that experience imprinted on my subconscious. And after that, I just went around validating all those beliefs and habits that were imprinted from that experience over and over and over for decades. So I was struggling all the time. I would move from city to city, relationship, relationship. I was always saying if I I was a corporate American executive, Mm -hmm. and I would always say, if I can just find the right company to work for that Mm -hmm. aligns with my humanitarian beliefs, then I will be happy. Absolutely. Right. But eventually part, because we tend to so be in the habit of moving. We think if the next year comes, we'll be better. If we move to a different place, we'll be better. If we move to a different city, everything will go away. Yeah. But you know, I always took myself with me. Yeah. And as you, as like everyone else, Mm -hmm. as you get older, if Mm -hmm. you don't completely heal, these distracting behaviors become very destructive in your life. And I found myself mm-hmm. married to an amazing man, mm-hmm. shocked that he was still with me mm-hmm. because my distracting behaviors so that I didn't have to feel right. I didn't have to feel anxious. I didn't have to feel depression. I would distract with mm-hmm. drinking every night, emotional eating, I became addicted to running. Mm-hmm. There was, I spent more time doing distracting behaviors than I did in my life, present mm-hmm. in my life. And it caught up with me. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I have to figure it out because I had done all the therapy. 
Right. I had been in and out of therapy. It never felt like I was complete. Like I never felt completely happy. I never felt like I was living with purpose. Mm. And at that point I said, what has, what I've been doing hasn't been working. It's time for me to find a better way that works for me. So I set my intention. It was on a January 1st. I sent my intention and I asked the universe source, whatever you want to call it. Yep send me someone that can lead me there. And that was like on January 10th, I got my first mentor. Wow. And it went no turning back. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it because I think it's really important that, like you said, you know, if we live our life's purpose and where we are meant to be, it's such a fulfilling place to be. But like one of the things that you also said, so sort of kept caught my attention because, you know, I'm a licensed mental health therapist and I, if I had it my way, everybody should be in therapy. But I also think that therapy is not for everybody. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast is not for it to replace therapy, but to provide people and inform people and educate people that even after having been through things that you and I have been through, um, healing is possible. Being on the other side, learning life lessons, forgiveness, and living life to the fullest every day is still possible. Not And therapy is not the only option towards healing. And there are so many different practices that people can, you know, follow, do what works for you. Healing is a very personal process, just like trauma is a very personal process. So sort of speak on that, if you will. Yeah. And my, so the people that I work with, right. Their trauma is not new. Right. And I always tell people, and even on my podcast, I am not a substitute for mental or medical health advice. Like, There's definitely a place for therapy. And I believe that after trauma, right, is, you know, it's necessary. Yes. Unfortunately, um, you know, that one out of five women is sexually assaulted, but the reality is those are the women that report it. Yeah. So women like me that are, you know, sexually assaulted by somebody that they know, their husband, their, you know, a good friend, whatever, mm-hmm. they normally go unreported. And with that, yep. they don't, we don't seek out mental health advice immediately. I waited so probably stigma associated with it. Like you said, until you and were you're like, what did I do wrong? Exactly. Was it really right? Yeah. There's no, we know there's no gray area, but yeah. And I I share that with you because I went through that experience myself as a preteen or in my teens. And it was a very difficult place to be. And, you know, I'm being a trauma specialist and, you know, specializing in depression, trauma and PTSD. I'm blessed to own a private practice and work with people who are very high functioning, but yet what looks on the outside is not what on um, what's on the inside. Exactly. Um, and th- secondly, you know, not 90% of the people that I work with have been through some men and women have been through some kind of sexual trauma in their lives. And they are the people that don't go out there and report it. 60 million people on this planet only reported once 60 million planet have been through sexual assault. That's almost the number of people that voted in the last election. That's a lot of people, but we don't talk about it because there is so much stigma associated with it, but the harm and the injuries that it leaves on your body, mind, brain, and soul are just so deep that if you don't take care of this, 
some at some point or the other. I mean, a lot of people are resi- resilient, so they work through a lot of it. But at some point or somehow, it continues to impact you. You continue to be triggered. If you don't take care of it, you think it's going to go away. Unfortunately, it only compounds with time, and it only gets right. worse. And if we're not healed, I am truly a big believer of hurt people hurt other people, mm-hmm. just like healed people heal other people. So it's really important that to not ignore it as if let's not talk about it. Let's not think about it. Let's deny it. This might not happen to me. Mentality, I think, can be very ignorant. Well, and one thing is like I was in and out of therapy and right. I have nothing uh, like and I'm going to be completely transparent. Please. When I decided to start this journey, yeah. it was not that my sexual assaults Yes. had created like they were not in my it's never it's never brain. the case when I was in therapy I didn't go there to be sexually treated for I mean to be treated for sexual you know um trauma well, I went there really because I got a divorce and I was I thought there was something really wrong with me and some my life was falling apart and then digging deep things came up that I didn't even think were harming me or affecting me at the time Right. Yeah. I didn't. uh, When I started my journey, it was because I was incredibly unhappy. I had let go of the emotions or all of that from my trauma. Like it had been decades and decades, but how it was appearing was in my subconscious reprogram in my subconscious programming. So all that belief system and those habits. That's what Maybe I did. Talk wrong. about that, the belief systems yeah. and the habits, because that's the that's the pivoting between surviving and thriving. You know, if you want to live your best version of yourself, I truly believe that it's really and not everybody chooses to live that way, and that's okay. But obviously, my podcast is I, I'm gearing it towards people who want to do more, get more, be more, but are stuck and want to know how what what do I need to figure out and reprogram in order right. To on, you know, overcoming self-limiting beliefs. So can you please talk about that? For an answer, I would love to offer you a free worksheet that I have created that you can go to my website, gpatelcounseling.com slash self-limiting beliefs and go through the worksheet as an example of how you can rewire your self-limiting beliefs and reprogram your subconscious mind as a free resource to you, please go ahead and sign up for that sheet and receive that sheet and work through that worksheet if you're interested. And I will have that information on the show notes below. I have to, if I give me the to-do list, right? (laughs) What do I need to do? Give me the points. I'll do it. I'll heal that way. And I think that's where probably 90% of the population is operating from. I need to change this with my logical brain. Right. Doesn't work that way. Right. Yes, absolutely. So I was operating from this point of it's not, it's my emotional eating that's putting the weight on. Yes. It's my, addiction to running that's taking me out of the house because I'm a marathoner for Mm -hmm. hours upon hours a week. You know, Mm -hmm. I was always looking at the external as these are the problems and this is not my habits are the problem. Yes. So when I really started to dig deep and really look at where I was operating from and going into that subconscious of how am I talking to myself? What am I saying to myself? And where the hell did this come from? Absolutely. And I started realizing that I was telling myself I was stupid. 
yeah. that I wasn't committed. I had no self-integrity, that I was a fat, I was lazy. This is a marathon runner that's worked corporate America, right? <laughs> I was like the most committed person I know, but my subconscious from that very first sexual assault, yes, I just kept validating it to a point that I forgot about my sexual assault. Right. It was just all about me. Yes. How terrible I am that I'm not able to, you know, I'm not lovable. Yep. I'm not, you know, committed like all these, like I'm not safe. Yes. So then where I'm operating from is a distracting behavior. Mm. So I, as you go through this process and you know this, but just to put it out there, yeah, yeah, please. The ver- yeah, the vertical model. So you have an experience. And you attach a meaning and an emotion to that. Absolutely. And that meaning and emotion is imprinted on your subconscious, which Mm -hmm. creates beliefs and behaviors around them and these physical feelings. So when you go into, when you're triggered into that feeling of anxiety, fear, depression, whatever it is, that feeling, then you want to distract from it. Because when we experience trauma, we become detached from our body. from ourself. We just don't want to be associated, associating with feelings. So you get further. That's the biggest sign of PTSD that we want to either numb or dissociate from things that are very overwhelming that we cannot handle or don't know how to cope with because we don't get trained how to cope with PTSD. No, we don't even know. know, We don't even talk about it because we're like, this is not going to happen to us. So, you know, um, so what you just mentioned, and I really want to touch base on that, because what you just said is so in terms of I'm just going to give my little two sec, two cents on neuroscience about this, because I feel so passionate about this, um, you know, and I really think it's important to educate people on this, that, you know, the, what you just mentioned in the trauma will, we call it a top um, top down approach. But normally the way this ha- en- ends up as when we experience a traumatic event, it's like a bottom-up approach. Trauma doesn't have language. We experience things. We feel things. The sensations of whatever is happening is the first part that we feel in our body. Then we give it feeling and emotion, as in what are we feeling related to these sensations because our body, so it goes from amygdala, which is our fear center and the smoke alarm part of our brain. Fear, you know, fight or flight. Is someone coming to kill me or am I safe? You know, that's the amygdala. Then it sends a message to insula, which is, you know, a part of our brain that is called the procreation part of our brain. It helps us feel into our body. So like, you know, when we feel warm, when we feel cold, when we feel safe, there are sensations that go in our body. And then there is a part of our brain called cingulate, which which manages the emotional regulation of the brain. So the amygdala, and then there's a whole memory part of the brain that is also affected because a lot of times people, when they're going through certain traumatic memories, they don't remember certain things and everything is fragmented or, you know, not... um, happening in the right order of things a lot of times. And that part of the brain is also connected to the stress hormones, which is the cortisol. So it is like the site for all the cortisol. So it's like, you know, as soon as you're because of the trauma, your cyst, all of these parts of your brain are triggering and misfiring, even when there is no threat or harm. So a lot of times we stay in that stress response because of our hippocampus and the memory area of our brain. And then, it, you know, the more we stay in stress response, technically stress is good for us. It's supposed to be good for us for 45 seconds to let us know, you know, engage and it's in our alert system. But if we keep ourselves in that stress response for an extended period of time because of unresolved trauma or bad relationships or bad things that we continue to be in, over time, we see 
two thirds of the PCP visit, you know, visits and emergency room visits are stress related. Immune system compromises. You gain You gain all this weight. You know, you 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 adapt all this maladaptive skills in order to you know balance your stress response. And then the thinking is the last part of the trauma response, which is the prefrontal part of our brain. So the meaning, the behaviors, the perceptions, the belief, the left brain that we know and understand when this amygdala fires, that's the last, the signal, because it's so dense and vast, that's the last place that we can make sense of, oh, this is what happened to me. And this is what these emotions mean. And this is what I am feeling. So there is so much complexity that grows in the brain. And if we don't change, like you said, from the subconscious, which are all the, you know, in the insula, the part which helps us feel into our body, the emotions that we have in our brain that are dysregulated, the memory of some of the emotions that are happening on how to balance the autonomic nervous system, which is the stress, the, you know, the sympathetic nervous system, which is the stress response. They're all so connected. If we don't manage them, you know, by subconsciously reprogramming that no matter how much we tell ourselves, that's one of the reasons why we cannot think ourselves out of the trauma. We cannot heal ourselves out of a trauma. Just like we felt it getting into it, we have to feel it getting out of it. But we obviously don't want to re-traumatize people, so we don't make them feel. And thus, it's very important to go to a trauma specialist who knows what they're doing. Like, yeah, and then, you have an experience of doing this. And thus, you know, I want to make sure that people know that you have obviously known and done all these things for yourself. Yeah, I think that it's so important to know that you're letting go so many people that come to me and work yeah. with me have chronic health mm-hmm. issues. Yeah. yeah. And not, it's not, it's no surprise. They've been living in that chronic state for decades. And I mean, I wasn't a stranger to illness created from my continual living in fight or flight. Yeah. 24 seven. If I was not sleeping, yep. I was in stress. Yep. 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 And uh, it's, it's really like you want to know where, what your subconscious is thinking or where you're operating from. Look at your health, look yep. at your environment. Are you living paycheck to paycheck? Are you going from one crappy relationship to another? Absolutely. Like all these things are indicators that you are still being affected by your previous trauma because we came here to earth to live abundant lives. Right. And if you're not living an abundant life, then you are operating from victimhood. Right. Absolutely. And that's the reality of it. So that is a reality. And I think we don't, you know, the word trauma, the word victim, they're very heavily charged words. And mm-hmm. I want to really work hard to normalize that. But I think in order to normalize certain things, we have to allow ourselves to feel. We have to allow ourselves, instead of resisting those feelings and those emotions, we have to allow ourselves that this even exists, that, you know, um, the the traumas that I've had, because I am really, after having seen and worked with people from all walks of life and, you know, from different walks of lives, 
I really think that we all go through trauma at some point of our lives, you know, but we also are programmed for resiliency. And then the next step over is the post-traumatic growth is that experiencing trauma, but, you know, coming out of it and um, living positively as a result of your traumatic um, experience, you know, and I, I, and my, my, my experience, and this is one of the reasons why I am so focused on the traumatic growth part of the um, podcast, because I feel that a lot of people understand that they go through trauma. Sometimes they don't acknowledge because we are just as a society designed that, no, 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 we're fine. We're not going through anything traumatic. You know, I didn't go through a natural disaster or loss of a loved one or, you know, yeah. an accident or whatever. So that's not traumatic. But uh, to me, there's big trauma and small trauma. We all go through trauma. How we come out of it, what are we as a result of that trauma is what matters. So tell us about how you got into your some, some of your hypnosis work and um, the hypnosis part of your. Oh, well, it's all part of my journey. Yes. Uh, you know, it was, I, I, I continue yes. to uh, have mentors and, and work on myself. I come from, I do not subscribe to dogma, but I do believe that we came from somewhere. Yes that we are here in this one body and this one life and that we can go somewhere after, that we're going somewhere. I don't yeah. know where it is. We'll see when, when <laughs> I, but the thing is, is that I'm, I really help people master their thoughts and up level their consciousness. And that is a huge part. Subconscious reprogramming is a huge part of that. Is that only um, hypnosis? No. So can like you tell us a little bit about your work and what you do and how you do it? How does that look? Um, I know. Well, I, you know, a lot of people are like, well, what is subconscious reprogramming? Right. There's a lot of moving parts to that. Exactly. You just did this until the explanation of the brain. So yes. it's not like here's the, I do have a method that okay. I implement in my 12 month membership. Sure. But it's, you have to build upon it. Right. Right. Yeah. So one thing you have to understand is that the past doesn't exist. Right. You have no control over anything. Right. But you can respond instead of react. Absolutely. When you start being able to see the bigger picture yes. instead of operating from thought, yes. you have the ability to really step into your own power because people, 90% of the population is walking around in autopilot in reaction, operating from thought. They yeah. don't need, they're not even aware of the thoughts that they're thinking. Absolutely. And the whole thing is, is once you become aware that you are a thinking being, you have the ability to create new thought patterns, change those neuropathways. Yeah. And a lot of them are happening. Like we know we make decisions. Like I think it's eight seconds before we actually are aware of our decision-making. Mm-hmm. you step into your awareness just by understanding that you're only seeing the street level of what is really capable mm-hmm. of that you're capable of in this lifetime. Right. When you understand that you are a cosmic being that you are in this world, not of it, right. then you have this ability to really look at the bigger picture and understand. I don't really have to fear death because there is no such thing as death. There's passing on, passing over, whatever you want to call right, it. Right. But this one body, this 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 physical form, carbon body, right. it's just here to facilitate me 
on this earth. Right. You begin to lose your fear, your attachment to the past, your attachment to the air quote, what if this happens in the future, my decision making, right? And you start living in a state of now, always moving into flow of what you desire. Yes. Right. Yes. So you're making decisions based on how you feel when you feel great, when you feel awesome, when you feel calm, this right. is where you create from Yes. Being who you are being right? right. So being is the genesis of creating. Absolutely. So if you are being absolutely in fear. If you are being stressed out, anxious, greedy, all these things, then you are not creating. If you are being yes. courageous, powerful, you know, creative, like if you're these, if you can step into your power, then you have the ability to create right now, not tomorrow, not next week, not next year, right now. And I think that state of being comes from recognizing, like you said earlier, that, you know, if you're aware of what you are doing or what you are thinking, then it's, there's a possibility to shift that, you know, a lot of times, you know, the whole law of attraction and people are, um, people talk about, (laughs) Um, you know, let's manifest things. It's not just about thinking and feeling. It's about if you are able to shift your identity into what you want to attract and be, then you create that space of creating from that sense of being. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. So this is what a lot of people, if I just think the mantra, this is the to do, this is the, um, be, do have model, right? You probably know this, but a lot of people are like, therapy doesn't always work house. Then I can, you know, do the things I want to do. And then I can be that person I want to be. But the thing is, is that no matter if you want money and your subconscious is telling you, no, you were raised poor. You are a poor person and I'm going to do everything to keep you poor. There is no mantra. There is no law of attraction that can overcome that. And that's one of the reasons why I think sometimes uh, law of, I mean, the affirmations, they don't work. work. You know, the affirmations as in, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. Till you deeply feel one day that you're okay. It, it, It doesn't work because... If you are negating your, if you're thinking into your subconscious, then it doesn't work. You have to feel it. Uh, Yeah. Because no matter what, even if it's coming out of your mouth and your subconscious doesn't believe it, then ultimately you're telling source or whatever you want to call it. um, You're telling it, I'm not worthy of it. I'm not worthy of it. I want it, but I don't have it. I don't have it. I don't have it. So the important thing, I think what I'm getting from what you're saying, and I think I'm very, I believe I'm a big believer of that, that our beliefs are our core of who we are and they come from somewhere. So I think for my audience, I think it's important for us to realize that recognizing where your beliefs are coming from. I just recently did a, you know, a sheet on, you know, overcoming your um, self-limiting beliefs to living the best version of yourself. Because I really think if we don't change our belief and our vision of who we are, we can't or figure out where we want to be. Then we put, stay in this place of stuck because we don't know where it came from and we don't know where we're going. Yeah. A lot of people don't even know they're We're just driving. We're just driving through life without knowing what the destination is and without knowing where we started, so to speak. We're staying stuck where we started in our heads thinking we're driving forward. But the hardest question for clients to answer when I 
start the process is what do you want? Right. What do you want in 90 days? And they're like stumped. They cannot think about it. But I say, what do you, what don't you want? What do you want out of your life? They could go on for an hour. But if you don't have that North star, right. And you don't have, you don't know where you're going. Like you said, you're driving mindlessly. And one of the things that you mentioned earlier was very important to me as in mindset, because, you know, it's not just about the behaviors, but it's about the mindset. Um, I forgot, I didn't want to interrupt you. So I (laughs) didn't, uh, I should have written that down. But, uh, you know, having the mindset of, uh, if you have a mindset of, uh, of having been programmed from the lack of the stuff that you've started with. So, you know, just, I, and I'm very big and that's one of the reasons why I'm launching like next Tuesday, right before, you know, the year ends, because I think this year has been very difficult for a lot of us. Um, I feel blessed having done all the difficult work to have done that. I'm grateful that, you know, all I want is just to be safe and my family to be okay. And we are, and materialistic stuff doesn't cause me, you know, um, excitement these days or as I grow wiser. But, you know, I I just, it's very important that we talk about the mindset because I don't think like just we were talking when we escape from our, you know, subconscious hoping that everything is going to change come December 31st, 2020. Yeah. You know, everything will just change all of a sudden. <laughs> can you speak well, to that? <laughs> well, I think a lot of people get used to living right here. So right. one of the things that your listeners can ask themselves, and this can get really uncomfortable. Absolutely. If you keep doing what you're doing, where will you be 90 days from now? And if you want to get even more uncomfortable, where will you be three years from now? Absolutely. Doing exactly what you're doing now. Yep. Because it's only going to stay the same or more likely it's going to get worse. worse. Yep. You're going to, if you're living in debt now, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, you're going to start building debt. Yep. If you're drinking now a glass of wine after work for anxieties, it's going to turn into two bottles in the next three years. Like it's just going to start compounding. If you're emotional eating, it's going to get worse. Yep. 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 And you're looking to the external, but so many of us, What we're taught is to live now. So we go, oh, I don't need that now, right? Like, I don't have the time. I don't have the money. I'll do that later. This is my routine. This is my structure. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing till I I get to a place where I'm really in crisis. And then I will start working on, oh, my goodness, what do I do now? I'll find a diet. Yeah, right. And the thing, too, is, is that there a lot of people think, well, if I just work harder, if I just work harder, harder, and I hustle, if you're a, even if you're an employee, right, or you're a business owner, then I'll have the money that I want. And I can start creating the freedom. Yes. The freedom f- comes first from within. Yeah, absolutely. You cannot work harder to create more money. If that were true, then wouldn't everyone that works 90 hour weeks in the fields of New York, Yep. Be living the life when they be bringing in the dough or those, you know, seven multi seven figure earners that work two hours a week. Right. Right. It doesn't come abundance. True abundance doesn't come from external circumstance. It doesn't come from work. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come from your business. It comes from who you are being. And Absolutely. that all starts on the inside. But yep. people want to look at. What do I have right now? 
If you don't put yourself as a priority, you Mm -hmm. will never be a priority and you will always be living in struggle. Absolutely. You should be number one. Absolutely. And you know, that's one of the things that, and, and and let's talk about that a little, because I think there is also this fear, you know, in the mental health uh, world or self-aware world, I guess, where people are now pushing towards, you know, more self-care and more taking care of yourself and self-love and that whole concept. But what is the distinction? Can you talk a little bit? I mean, I can, but I would rather hear from you today, but um, <laughs> about, you know, self-care and narcissism. <laughs> loaded. That's yes. loaded. <laughs> um, I'll just talk about self-care. Yes. Tell us what healthy self-care looks like. Yes. So how about yeah, that? Well, you know, and I think so there's this whole thing about self-care being mani patties and getting your brows done. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Now that's an activity that's quite nice to do and it can be relaxing, but I don't categorize that as self-care. Self-care is actually doing stuff that cares for your better being and wellness. So self-care is feeding your body good nutrition. It's getting exercise so that you can operate at your optimum health, right? And like this, I'm not a dieter. I don't talk about dieting, but when you put good food into your body, when you do movement, when you are meditating, when you are reading to better yourself, when you are taking on mentors so that you can aid in your healing and expansion, like my membership is all like investing in yourself. That is self-care. Absolutely. If you were saying, I don't have enough time, if I don't have enough money to join something like my membership or invest in you, what you're really saying is I'm not worth saving, that I'm not worth investing in. And I might as well just keep going down this dirty road until I end up in a ditch. I hate to be that like red alarm, but it's absolutely true because I've been there and I've watched so many people do it in yep. my fa- in my friends in my yep. family yep. Yep. and yep. the thing is self-care is investing in you so that you can be the best possible version of you every day absolutely you know, studies are great but but i think you know to me so then like exactly what you said you know it's like self-care um is not just caring about your body but it's caring about your mind it's caring about your brain it's caring about your spirit and it's a very whole wholesome holistic experience because if we take care of our body just like we brush every day or you know we shower every day but if our mind and you know i'm very big on meditation and you know the effects of journaling and all those things that if you don't take it's like one of the excuses that i always hear from people or you know saying um i'm very busy so i don't have time to meditate well that's that's exactly why you should be meditating because it teaches you how to focus and it makes you more efficient and productive than you would right, be. Or getting the right amount of sleep. So Absolutely. many women come to me and they're like, I sleep about three hours a night. Why? Right. Because if you are only sleeping three hours a night, then your brain is not going to be able to process this. You are Absolutely. not working at your optimum. Right. Sleep is self-care. Absolutely. Right? Yes. And I often see all these sacrifices. And I tell them, you have a family. Yes. Let's put this in perspective. Yes. You have a family, you have children that you're taking care of. You're running on three hours of sleep a night. If yes. your child was involved in a critical incident, an accident, you would not have the brain capacity to make a quick decision that might save his life, his or her life. 
Absolutely. Think about that. So if you are not self-caring, yes. if you are not taking care of yourself first, yes. it's like the airplane thing, put your mask on first. Yep. It's like, yep. you're not going to be the best mother that you can be. You're yes. not going to be the best you. Yes. And, and, you know, and I, and, and, you know, to me, it's like self-care is about personal development and self-improvement, no matter what that looks like for you. What you said earlier really caught my attention. And I truly live by that. It's like, you know, I challenge myself to live 10% better than I was yesterday. Uh, You know, there's so much when we live from the mindset of comparisons with other people and being on social media and that whole experience of, you know, being connected to people and comparing ourselves to people. I think that ends when we learn about ourselves, when we connect ourselves with like-minded people and a community of people that are very uplifting, that are very kind, that are very positive, that have bad days. That's not to say, oh, every day is a great day and my life is just, you know, all the time. But it's just sometimes you have bad days and you know, like every valley, there will be a mountain and every mountain, there will be a valley. You acknowledge it, you get through it and you continue to live and learn from your experiences. And I think it's a lesson. Absolutely. You know, and it's really important that, uh, so to me, it's, uh, it's not about how other people in my life are doing. It's about how I did better than I was yesterday or a month ago. And what can I be putting in place in terms of my diet or in terms of what I'm eating or exercise or reading or meditation or all of those different areas of your life? Because, you know, some people can be very wealthy, but they can be very physically ill. They can have great relationships, but have no money. They can have, you know, so I really think it's a balancing act. You know, people who are good to you, you connect with. People who start being toxic, you continue maintaining boundaries. You learn every day new things, do different things to you so that you can be better than you were yesterday or a few months ago. Yeah, a lot of people get wrapped up in relationships, right? So when they come into my membership, there's a lot of these challenging relationships because we attract who we are. Absolutely. Absolutely. I hated no when I found I that out. I, like, oh. I, I hate saying that, but it's so true. It is. When I when I uh, see people even in therapy and uh, with enough time, I've developed enough rapport with them. You know, I, I really try to hone that in because it's like, are the people you are close to causing you the reactions, the feelings, the behaviors, the the achievements that you want out of yourself? Right. And we teach people how to treat us. That's the other one. Yeah. Yeah. It's really a tough one, but it's okay. Like this is what I'm really big on right now. It's okay to delete and block people on social media. I've always been okay with that. Yep. No, you have trolls. You can delete them. If somebody's not aligning with you, you can delete. Absolutely. That's where that concept of boundaries come from. It's like, you know, I think either we are not taught boundaries, the concept of boundaries growing up. Like I was never taught a concept of boundary. It's like, to me, it's like, oh, no, do everything that others want. And I'm just like, and then it's like, okay, if the others don't like it, tough luck, just do everything what you want. But just growing up and those mixed messages, I didn't learn till very later in my life. And I wish I knew that concept that, you know, it's like, if you keep putting your hand on the stove, expect to get burnt. At some point, we learn not to put our hand on the stove. So maintaining healthy boundaries from people, from things 
from, you know, our social connections that are not aligning with our higher purpose is a very healthy place to be in. Yeah. And they don't like it. That's not for you to control. That's on them. You have to, and again, there's a fine line between, you know, self, self love and narcissism, where it's not just about either yourself or other people. I think there is a balance. That's a safe place where it's healthy to care about yourself enough so that you don't let other people's ruin the direction that you're headed in. Right. And I believe that we all came here to have experiences and relationships, right? So it's okay. It makes us human. Yeah. So we, yeah, we care for ourselves, but not at the expense of our relationships. Absolutely. But as you grow and evolve, people definitely vibrate out of your life. And they're replaced by new people, whether it's for 30 seconds, 30 days, 30 years. Yes. There are, we're here to experience and experience relationships. Absolutely. And I always think of it as, you know, we are all one. We are, we are source. We are not separate from it. Therefore, we are all interconnected. So even though someone might not have the beliefs or be, the type of person, like a narcissist, I'm not holding judgment to them. Okay. I know my own boundaries. So I know where to set them. Wow. Yes. You have to know your boundaries. Yep. And so that you can set them, but operating from a place where you need to be so that you can hold that compassion and love for everyone unconditionally, because love in and of itself is yep. unconditional. Yes. And so being able to recognize that yes we are all one right you and i are the same right. we are part of the same yes so by taking care of me i'm also taking care of everyone else absolutely um i i totally agree with that i i know that people have a hard time holding space for that but i think with growth and self evolution you once get to a place, yeah. one of the things that I read somewhere, and I truly believe that in one of the Deepak Chopra books that I read, that, you know, a lot of times when we don't like certain things about other person, that's the part that is mirroring us to change about us. And the we don't want to apply that or accept that because that's a hard place to be in because we're like, I'm not like that. But the fact that we have intolerance even for that means that that's a part of us that needs growth. Yes, definitely. And, you know, I've been on this journey for quite a while. And even still today, I will, if somebody's like getting under my skin, I look and see what that black mirror is. What am I telling to myself? How am I showing up? Is it representational either of how I'm acting or is it how I'm talking to myself? Absolutely. Then I dive into it because- We've been taught for since we were young how to process things. So we're trying to take those layers off and reprocess them. And I know a lot of the stuff that you and I have talked about today is more advanced. Yes. Than, and I want your listeners to know that this journey all starts out by you just committing, finding the right mentor, whoever that is, and investing in yourself. And it will be the right mentor for you. Right. And because some, some people I'm their first mentor and obviously I go deep fast, right? right. I'm, I'm a deep digger. 
<laughs> but I'm not for everyone. Right, right. And there are steps and methods in place. And when yep. you find somebody that you're resonating with, all you have to do is set your intent and that person will show up. Right. Oh, I agree. Trust. Yeah. Just don't think that you're going to be where I am right. in the next 12 months. You right. could be. You could yeah. easily be here. Absolutely. It all depends on your openness and willingness to grow and learn. Yes. But these are some of these are sticky, sticky subjects. Yes, and they, yes, yes. they took me a little longer to learn in the Same long run. Um, that's one of that's one of the things that I also talk about in, in the therapy world is because it's like healing happens when you are connected to the right person. Because again, not every therapist is good for everybody, you know. Um, so I, I think just the your healer, whether it's a you know, practitioner or coach, or you are a healer and certified practitioner. But, you know, it's like you have to find in the process of healing a mentor that is a right fit for you and your goals and your alignments. Right. Um, and in order to do that, I think it's really important to connect with that person, interview them, because as practitioners, we don't mind if people interview us, you know, because we want to make sure that we work, want to work with you too, um, that our expertise and our values and our competence is what your goals need, you know? So I think it's really important to interview and connect with the person that you're going to be working with so that you can both be in alignment to your higher purpose and your goals. Because I can only agree. And if somebody is not willing to get on the phone with you for 45 minutes to an hour for free, then they are not your person. Absolutely. Because all of us that are working Absolutely. from a compassionate heart and our dharma is to help others heal, Gotcha. We are willing to put in that time and it, and when you walk away from that call, you should feel transformation already. You yeah. should feel those dynamic shifts. And yeah. the first thing that you should feel is hope because yes. when you get hope, you have the, you can have the ability to heal. Absolutely. You're always going to, so I went through a number of mentors mm. in my healing journey. I still have the same mentor now that I've had for the three, for three years, mm. I went through a series of them and I saw my first mentor, I signed up for a annual membership. It's 12 months. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, by the sixth month I had outgrown the program. So wow. even though I still have remaining stuff, I was like, okay, let's start looking for the next mentor. Right. I started, I've just transferred. The one that I have now is extremely highly evolved. Right. I don't see myself catching up to him anytime <laughs> soon. Probably not in this life. That's the process of growth. You know, I think it's yeah. in order for us to not see, you know, stay stuck. I think we have to continue to evolve. It's like, you know, when you go to school, there is a reason why you started with preschool, kindergarten, you know, elementary, you keep growing. But I think it's like, oh, we stopped school and then we stopped growing. And it's like, wait. Ooh, well, then, how come we didn't get that memo that <laughs> in order to not feel stuck, it's a lifelong learning process. You right? keep moving on to different mentors, different things based on your cap. You keep. And I really forward. think that it's important to hear you when you find good mentors, they don't expect you to be with them forever. Forever. Absolutely. Absolutely. There are some people that have. Like, I expect some people. Years. I graduate some people thinking, you know what, we're done. At any point, if you need help, come back to me. But if you don't, we're good. We don't need sure. to work. I'm not a rent a friend. You, right? You or you forever. 
you need to go and end up, let me hook you up with some other coaches that might Absolutely. be your alley or whatever. Absolutely. Like, I am not everything to everyone. Absolutely. So yeah. I, I, with that, um, <laughs> I think that would be a great place to uh, stop. So I, I could keep talking to you for hours and I, I, this is amazing. All the knowledge that I'm great getting from you, but tell us how we can find you and tell us, give us, I I'll have everything in the show notes that you tell me, but just so that people can hear where they can find you, what they can, you know, what, what, with all the membership and everything that you offer. Great. So I have a podcast, the cosmic Valkyrie, the name says it all. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Tune into the podcast for sure. If you listen to the first few and mm. I, I kind of baby step you up to the hard stuff. So around yes. 13. I've, every- I've, yes. I've heard some of your stuff and I love it. So I have the podcast of cosmic Valkyrie. You can find me on Facebook, Lynn Louise Larson. My profile is completely public. So yes. you can just follow me. You can friend me. I welcome anyone, right? Okay. Like I'm not, I'm not somebody that gets all sketchy about who's friending me. Um, <laughs> You can find my page, my website, The Cosmic Valkyrie. I'm on Instagram, TikTok. I just started TikTok. Um, But I'm there. Absolutely. And if you want to reach out to me independently, that's perfectly fine. Um, My membership, when this airs, I'm not sure when this is going to come out, um, the doors might be open. Okay. Okay. Um, it's, they're open for just a short time. So on my website, there's a link to get on the wait list and then you'll be the first to find out when doors open because I don't keep them open long. So I want people to really know when it's coming about. Sure. 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 Yes. I don't know how far you're, when when are you planning to open doors? Uh, end of December. Oh, perfect. So I'll try to air you sometime in mid-December so that way people can keep track of where. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't keep them open for long. So I want people to really get in there and get the dirt. Okay. All right. Awesome. Um, Thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to have you back, hopefully. (laughs) We'll go more Uh, cosmic next time. I think, yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, So I definitely would love to um, hear more from you, but thank you so much today for being here and really contributing to everything that you are and how, you know, you've helped my people. So thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you.